Welcome to the House of Cinema podcast. I am your host, Joe Aragon. With me, as always, Sydney Volpe. And in the house today, a discussion on, well, I was going to say <laughs> Rise of the Mid, but it is Rise of the Mid. Transformers Rise of the Beast, a.k.a. Let Them Come, a joke we've been making for the last two months, except they don't say it in the movie, Sydney. Well, he did say... Let him come. Let him come. Is, is that better? Worse. <laughs> I think it might be worse. Let him come. <laughs> that is that is arguably way worse. I think it's worse, and I I was kind of bummed you said it wasn't in the movie, but I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, that is that is really that's actually funnier. Anyways, we saw Transformers: Rise of the Beast. Before we jump into the movie, yes, there will be spoilers. So if you're looking for a non-spoiler conversation, you might have to pass on this one until the second half of the podcast. Um, you know, it, there's only like one big spoiler about this movie that we will get into because it's kind of the most exciting part. But it's epic. If you're looking for a spoiler-free, it is not this. Come back later. Before we jump into the actual movie, what's your history with Transformers, Sydney? Are you a big fan? I mean, I know you're a big fan of Michael Bay. How do you feel about the Bayverse, the Bayhem of Transformers? Well, as you know, I have watched all of the Transformers movies over the last few weeks, and I get it now. I Like, I, I see, like, I've heard people say all sorts of things about the Transformers movies and just how bad people think um, some of the Michael Bay films are. It was a journey. It was a journey <laughs> watching them. Like an eight-hour kind of, journey? More. Why are they so long? I like, don't know. Why are they so long? Michael Bay doesn't want so, to edit them down. He just wants to just give you everything. He doesn't. And I, I hate him for that. But also, I do love Michael Bay. I mean, Ambulance was one of my favorite movies of last year. I think he's such a talented uh, technical filmmaker. And I also think people put a lot of blame on him for like script issues. And yes, the director can be held responsible for everything, I believe. But I don't know, man. Some of those movies are not good. But also, they have so much good about them in terms of like the VFX and the action and just how distinct like his uh, style is. Style is, yeah. Yeah, so there was some, like, I liked uh, Dark of the Moon. I liked uh, The Last Night, which wow. is like, a, I know people are like weirded out that I think that, but I enjoyed it. And Bumblebee, also very the one, cute. Yeah, that that's outside the, the Bayverse, one, though, right? That's, um, outside the Bayverse, yes. Travis Knight, Kubo, the two strings director, Travis Knight. Yeah. Yeah, and the original Transformers too. So yeah. it's been it's been a journey. It's a it's a very chaotic franchise. It's kind of hard to sum up, and I think a lot of it will come out as we talk about Rise of the Beasts and where the franchise is going. But I don't really know what your experience with Transformers is. Oh, I've seen every single Transformers movie in <laughs> theaters. I watch every what? single one since Transformers two thousand seven. Is it the first one? And uh, yeah. all the way to the, the last night, I saw every single one in theaters. Oh, Bumblebee too. In theaters. I was a big Transformers guy. I liked them all. Even though Age of Extinction and Last Night were significantly lower tier than what I thought was like Dark of the Moon in the first one, I still was excited to watch all of them because Bay does bring this certain technical expertise in terms of the action. And yeah, they may be really convoluted or just over stuff to the brim of shit we don't need characters we don't need or the most cringe humor but 
it's pretty fun watching like optimists like fly around and like stab people with swords and like rip people's heads off like he does a very good job <laughs> getting that uh communicated across the audience and it's really fun to watch so i've seen them all in theaters they did get progressively bad for me to the point where like I was off the Transformers train. Bumblebee kind of brought me back in. Um, but knowing that Travis Knight wasn't working on this one, I was hesitant about Rise of the Beast. But I was excited kind of going into this until the trailers. I mean, I like the, um, what are they called? Danimals? <laughs> Danimals. <laughs> Fucking Danimals Crush Cup. <laughs> What, what are they um, called? Maximals. Um, Maximals. <laughs> and then the evil guys are t- Terracons. Oh, is that what they're called? I, I didn't know that. That was kind of cool. The the evil people are like the weakest part of the Rise of the Beasts. Well, there are a few weak parts, but it, it just it suffers from that very, very common issue we see with like kind of big IP franchises. It's like, let's meet this villain of the week kind of villain. And it's just some guy who's like, I can beat anybody. No one can beat me. And then Optimus obviously beats him type deal. So Scourge. That's that his name, Scourge? What are the other Scourge. two names? What? There's like two other ones, aren't there? Oh my gosh, I have no idea. I think one of them was a girl. Yeah. I, so, well, that's the whole thing. I don't even remember. And yeah, Scourge remember was played it. by Peter Dinklage, and I I did not pick up on that during the movie. What? I did not know that until right now. Yeah. Interesting. I... Yeah, so that's weird. And I think that um, what's the what's the main villain, the planet eater? Oh, Unicron. Unicron, yeah, not like unicorn, but with the O-R no Yeah, switch. exactly. So cool <laughs> in theory, but I wish it was utilized a bit more. Yeah, it, it definitely. You wrote down on our outline, and it's maybe this is a weird way to start the episode, but you, I kind of want to bring it up. You wrote down, "Is this the Marvelification of Transformers?" which I think is a really interesting way to put it because it does kind of feel like that. Like they have this looming villain that's kind of the real threat, but what we're dealing with and kind of interacting with is the nothing burger villain, the villain of the week, the one that's really just going to, we're going to forget as soon as the movie ends. Um, it does feel like that we're kind of getting the Marvelification of Transformers. Do you feel that way? I do kind of feel that way, and I think what's been coming up most, like, I think most people have agreed that this works better than a lot of the Bay films because it's shorter, it's less convoluted, it's putting a lot of effort into, like, developing these characters, and yet it's really missing, like, that Michael Bay pizzazz. Pizzazz, like how yeah. involving and like he really can just do spectacle. Like when mm-hmm. I watch the Michael Bay films, I feel like there's like this massive threat and like the planet is at stake. And here, and I kind of noticed like preparing for this episode that this film doesn't really have the military present and like government presence of the Bay films, which in some ways I think is good because also Michael Bay is like obsessed with the military. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's all kind of happening out in the middle of nowhere yeah. and it doesn't really involve the whole world. And I think that kind of made it feel less impactful. Like it was all just happening in this little vacuum. I didn't feel like I I was invested in this threat to where I live, you know? And this is a really interesting kind of point you make because people are making it, you haven't seen The Flash yet, but this is another point people are making about The Flash and you may have seen it on, on like Twitter that these final battles of like recent movies are happening in like the most 
random secluded locations and because of that there's like it does there's no feeling of stake of any kind of right. um really emotional like we need to kind of figure this out now because the longer we're here the more people are in peril and danger but like yeah this movie the final battle takes place in i don't know like fucking peru or something i don't, I don't remember it where is they're at. it's peru but it's like out in the middle of nowhere out middle of nowhere peru and then in the flash <laughs> Uh, not it's not a spoiler, but you can see from the trailers the big battle is taking place like in the fucking like desert, and there's no one around. So it's strange that movies are kind of moving towards this like oh we're just gonna fight on this empty battlefield. Like some of the most exciting parts of the Bay movies, where they're fighting in the big city and like the fucking they have to climb these skyscrapers and like robots are flying through the buildings. It's it's really kind of fun to watch them navigate through a city and i kind of missed that in this movie completely i do too and i've heard people say that it could be uh, this came up with the flash that it could be their response to people saying like oh well these heroes are supposed to be saving people there's obviously like collateral damage happening and they're kind of being neglectful of that part of things but still it's like it's you can make movie. the environment interesting and it's just so grayscale like it's like majority vfx yeah. i do think in that way this felt like the marvelification of transformers yeah so that was kind of a bummer to me we kind of jumped ahead really really quickly let me back up really quick rise of the beast takes place directly after bumblebee not directly but that's the direct sequel is bumblebee so there's really no affiliation with the bayverse at this point important to know plot is very simple um Fucking Unicron is a big ass robot who eats planets and he eats the uh, Danimals planet. And so they flee <laughs> to Earth to hide a key to the fucking. What did they hide? A, what's the key to? Like a teleport machine or a time traveling machine or what is it? You're asking the wrong guy. <laughs> <laughs> also, it was what? It was split in two. Yeah. So. Am I talking about the right movie right now? <laughs> <laughs> it's it was split in two, <laughs> and then they got one half of it, and they were like, oh, but don't worry, there's another one. <laughs> okay, hold <laughs> on, back up. So one. the Danimals leave their planet because Unicron is going to eat their planet, and Unicron wants their technology to go to other other planets in the universe, basically. Right. And so the Danimals, to prevent Unicron from destroying other worlds... <laughs> They flee with their technology, which is like a key. They flee to Earth, and then they split the key in half so they can further prevent uh, Unicron from getting the key. Uh, that's the main, like, that's the crux of the plot. Obviously, the key gets activated by um, Dominique Fishback's character. And so, and I like how they brought up in the movie, they were like, oh, no one can see the key being lit up except us robots. <laughs> Which I thought it was a very oh, yeah. like, convenient. <laughs> no one can see the key except for us. Very convenient. I didn't for like. Them. There were a couple times where they said it, and then later Anthony Ramos is it like, "Wait, so you're telling me that I can't see it, but you can because you're robots." <laughs> they made <laughs> like, it a point we, like we several times, <laughs> like you can see the key lit lighting up in the sky. We can't. <laughs> we got it, guys. We got it. No big deal. All right. <laughs> um, we follow Anthony Ramos' character, who is ex-military um he's trying to find a job he's you know his his brother has an illness of course and they can't afford to pay for his medical expenses 
we have that whole arc very cliche uh dominique fishback is an intern at a museum she's a genius apparently and um she works in a museum and wants to fucking do museum shit that's that's Slay. basically it right that is basically it. Yes. And she, okay, yes. She gets involved because this, the part of the key lights up and she just feels responsibility. <laughs> well, to no, the human because race. the fucking eagle. Oh, because she knows Peru. <laughs> the eagle danimal, Michelle Yo, Michelle Yo danimal, she goes, oh, that's only one half of the key. And then the Autobots are like, well, where's the other half? And she's like, I don't, I don't fucking know. <laughs> I don't know where it's at. <laughs> and, then, we need and then Dominique Fishback is like, oh, I do, because I've been studying this for the last 30 minutes, and I know where it's at. <laughs> <laughs> this is hey, a real movie, people. This is it, a fucking <laughs> really happens. Joe, I think you really, you gave this three stars. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's, uh, now that we know the basic plot, we just talk about Pete Davidson as Mirage, who kind of plays the Bumblebee role in the originals, um, kind of the companion to Anthony Ramos' character. Your thoughts on Pete Davidson in this movie as Mirage? He killed it. I can't lie to you. I, I was, know. It's crazy. Uh, I, did you have the same reaction where when he first was introduced, I was like, fuck this. Like, this is so clearly Pete Davidson, and I feel like it's going to be so distracting. But... He he really won me over. I thought not only was he genuinely funny, but I liked his powers. And I think that his relationship with Anthony Ramos was the best part of the movie. And kind of just how it tied in with his um, relationship with his real brother and how yeah. they were all communicating. At first, I kind of was like, oh, he's kind of impeding on his relationship with his brother. And that's kind of weird. But it ended up being very cute. Yeah, I agree with you completely. I did not expect to like Pete Davidson as much as I did as Mirage when his mouth opened and he said this first words, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is <laughs> going to be a really rough next hour and a half. Cause we meet him. He's the first Autobot we meet, but as the movie progresses, he does kind of develop this relationship with the Ramos character. And that does parallel his relationship with his brother. And it turns out to be pretty good. Like he's pretty funny. His delivery is great. The jokes aren't overboard. They do a good job not overloading it like the Mirage character with joke after joke after joke, which would have been a little right. bit uh, frustrating. They're, they do give it time for that relationship to marinate and breathe, and that and it works. At the end, it does work. So I thought Pete Davidson's Mirage, shockingly, worked. One of the highlights. What happened to the rest of the beasts? I mean, like, this is one of my biggest complaints about the movie is you're going to call your movie Rise of the Beasts, but I feel like we do not get any good beast action until the last 30 minutes what happened and i don't know what what do you think we don't and i know that the people who liked the beast wars show are especially upset or or disappointed that they a weren't in it that much and yeah didn't really get to it still was kind of just a basic story that was going yeah. on with them but yeah what did happen at the end there and i do kind of want while we were on the the noah and mirage story i want to talk about the end to their story. Yeah. But what does end up happening with the beasts at the end? Uh, Air Razor survives. Air Razor was getting like taken wow, over. Wow, the fact by, that you remember by... Air Razor's name is very impressive. I do not Well, remember. Michelle Yeoh, of course. <laughs> What's <laughs> the, the Oscars I know campaign Rhinox. for Michelle Yeoh is Air Razor. I know Rhinox oh, is Rhi the rhino. And Cheetor. Cheetor? 
Cheetor? Wow, that's a boring Cheetor? name. <laughs> Not Cheetara? Primal. <laughs> Who is that? Optimus Primal? Is that his name? Optimus yes. Primal? Yeah, he was named after Optimus Prime. Oh, that's right. He's like, I was named after you, Optimus Prime. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And primal. Oh, my God. So, um, Air Razor survives. She lives past she like, lives, yeah. getting taken over by Scourge. Which, didn't that seem like way too obvious when that happened? When Scourge shoots Air Razor in the air and then she gets like hit and it starts to take over her. And she's like, I'm fine. But it, it feels like she should have known she wasn't going to be fine. She did seem like she knew what it was doing to her, and yet she was like, ah, don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> it's like, ah, I'll be fine. And then minutes later, she's like, I can't fight it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I wish we got a lot more of the Beast action, because the final scene, which we'll get to in a second, does finally showcase Optimus Primal turning into regular robot and, like, you know, killing some other robots. And right. we just get a lot of them actually doing the shit they do. And it feels like we missed out the first hour and a half completely. I didn't get any of that, which was disappointing. Um, that was shocking. I didn't know they could turn into, I was kind of, yeah, I was kind of like, why did we not see them do this before? Several times. I don't know. Maybe it takes a lot of energy. Maybe, I don't know, fucking, maybe they need a key to turn on or something. I have no idea. <laughs> Uh, before we jump into the ending, because I think that's kind of the highlight for me and you, it, what else doesn't work or what does work besides the ending? Is there anything you want to highlight before we jump into the ending? There were there was a lot that I liked. I think that still the VFX are pretty good. I don't think it's as good as the Bay films. And I think that is kind of a testament to how involved the director can be in the special effects process. And Stephen Capel Jr. is... In very new to directing a film of this scale, so I don't fault him for that. But I still think there were a lot of um, great transformations and, and cool action moments. I especially liked the scene where Mirage and Noah first meet, where we get to see Mirage kind of show off his, what does he do, like project uh, holograms of himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was really cool. And I think that Noah was a really great protagonist. We kind of sympathize with him. We relate to him. I think Anthony Ramos is a great actor. I'm glad that he's starting to get big roles like this. And I think there wasn't a ton that I liked that I was like jumping for joy about. But I think there was a lot of it that was really solid. But what about you? What were your big pluses? I like, the, so we talked about the relationship between Mirage and Ramos. That's great. I like, uh, I still like Optimus Prime. And I still like the way he looks. Uh, visually, I think everybody still looks good. The transformations are on point. They're, I don't know if it looks as good as the Bay ones, or maybe they just lacks a certain amount of charm or intensity. I don't know what it is, but it feels like when they transform in this movie, I wasn't as excited as when they do it in the the Bay movies. I really think Bay just brings this intensity to the movies that when they do transform, it's such a fucking spectacle to watch. And in this one, you just don't get that same vibe. And it, and it kind of is a big bummer. Or maybe I'm just getting older and I stop caring. I don't know. But I no, feel like... I think you're right. It, I think it's just like bland. It, it feels flat, you know, like Bay, Bay's films have a lot of dimension and I don't know how that's accomplished. It's kind of this unexplainable thing, but it is totally missing here. I think it, it makes it a less exciting visual experience and you feel less. Yeah, I mean, the, the Transformers really just feel like awesome in the Bay films. 
And here it felt almost like going through the motions. Yeah, it does feel like they're going through the motions. I don't know if in the first hour and a half, there's anything that really bothers me to the point where I was like having a bad time. But nothing is actually happening that's making me actively think, man, I'm having a great time either. It just feels like a very, by the books, I know beat for beat where the story is going. And it's just kind of safe. It does do one thing that I think movies need to stop doing. And this is my biggest gripe about the first hour and a half. I do not like, and I think movies need to stop, killing off characters that we know in the future will be alive. Um, For example, in this movie, they kill off Bumblebee. Bumblebee gets killed by Scourge. But we know because Bumblebee's in the Bay movies, which take place after these movies, we know it's not canon anymore. Is it not canon? Is that what it is? This is fully rebooted. What? The Bay the Bayverse is nothing anymore. <laughs> really? Okay, well, in that case, maybe this argument isn't good for this movie. No, you're still so right. Sure... What are they going to Well, they're not going to kill off Bumblebee. It was like exactly. so obvious. <laughs> they're not going to kill off Bumblebee, but this is my issue with movies either prequels or just in general, we know they're not going to kill off Bumblebee. He's literally, besides Optimism, you can argue more than Optimus, a big fan favorite. And so when you know he's going to come back, there's really no tension, no really emotional loss when you watch him die. Like, I know when he died, okay, he'll be back soon. And um, when he does come back, it's not this big, exciting moment that I think they want it to be. You know, they do this thing at the end of the movie where, like, he jumps out of the plane to don't call to come back. And I think people wanted, I think they wanted to be like this big, like, oh my God, Bumblebee's back. But like, we knew that was going to happen. Did you feel like excited seeing him come back? I do think that was a cool moment in my theater. Definitely enjoyed it. And Bumblebee's very funny. And it was, you know, it was refreshing having his humor back in it with like the movie clips that they play. Yeah. But I, I totally agree with you. I think a lot of people are kind of frustrated about that. I just think fake, fake out deaths are cheap so and i also thought even when he when i didn't think it was earned to begin with when he died not only because we didn't spend a ton of time with him like in this movie but he dies because i I don't know optimus gets beaten down a little bit and bumblebee gets killed right in front of him and he's just optimus is just sitting there and he's like (laughs) no Bumblebee. I'm like, dude, get up. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, and then they're just kind of like lugging him around for the whole movie. (laughs) I'm like, gee, I wonder when he'll get brought back. And I did enjoy when he came back. I thought the whole third act had like a good momentum and like oomph to it. No, but I totally agree with you. I thought that was, it just was just a little bit, eh. What is Anthony Ramos' motivation to save the world? It's It starts off with Mirage saying, if you help us get the key so we can go back home to Cybertron, I'll let you sell me? Is that what the motivation oh, yeah. is? What exactly <laughs> is the logistics behind that? I'm so Mirage doesn't sure. go home and he just gets sold? I think that Mirage could just get sold off and then he could literally just leave. <laughs> like wherever he... Oh, to, you know? oh, so he, he gets <laughs> sold, and as soon as he's sold, he just like he just bounces from the garage. He just pieces out. Yeah. Oh, is that- honestly, that's a great scam to run. <laughs> it's not a bad scam at all. No, no, I'm just I was so confused by that motivation. Like, oh, you can sell me afterwards. I was like, oh, 
that's weird. Okay. I know. That was, I'm like, is this, they were like, oh, what if we offer you money? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and so now Mirage is, so should we talk about this suit this let's, Noah X Mirage suit that Yeah, let's happens. go in chronological order. So we get to the final act. Uh, Unicron is arriving because they got the key. Unicron's going to come and eat the planet, so you guys better go. He came. Yeah, he came. He came. <laughs> and of course, don't worry, they got the key, but don't worry, there's a safe word or a password you could put into the computer, and that'll make the computer... <laughs> blow up and uh unicron can't come anymore right that's the fucking like new yes. plan plan b yep <laughs> <laughs> i like how they're like no don't worry there's a password we can put in <laughs> she's like and- oh my god it's literally right here in my notebook <laughs> <laughs> and the, the convenience is like oh but we can't fit in the pathway but you can because you're a human and only <laughs> yeah. humans can fit in the tunnel and then she's like oh no i don't know how to operate like the like the, the, the alien computer pad. yeah the alien computer and then she's like oh never mind thank you for here um so we get to that part and that part is kind of uh, it entails two parts dominic fishback trying to get to the computer and all the uh autobots and the danimals fighting off the robots so that they can get to the computer we get this yes. big epic battle scene with we'll finally get the ad the danimals you know, actually fighting, Autobots are fighting all the um, Unicron robots, and um, we get this big battle scene. What did you think of it? Did you, and we get this big reveal. How did you feel about the big reveal of Anthony Ramos turning into a robot, I guess, is the best way to explain it? I thought that was sick. Like, the little boy in me was like, what? That's so cool. But at the same time, it was because it was when... I guess Scourge, they're fighting Scourge up on, like, the big platform. And Mirage is, like, over Noah, like, protecting him. And yeah. then he basically kills Mirage. Scourge, like, kills Mirage. He knows Noah's underneath him. And I guess he just, like, doesn't care. Doesn't give a shit. <laughs> doesn't doesn't care to, like, kill Noah or, like, finish the job. He just, like, yeah. walks away. <laughs> and then Mirage is, says, uh, I need you to take the wheel or something <laughs> i loved it i thought it was so sweet and then and then he teams up on with with uh, optimus to defeat scourge and bumblebee is there as well i believe so i thought that was i thought it was well done again it's happening in this big grayscale like cgi battle i'm also totally forgetting that like um rc is there I wish oh, we yeah, got more yeah. of, of RC because I thought she was so cool. What about the little beetle, the little the guy with the glasses? Who? <laughs> the guy who could turn into the, oh, the my beetle God. van. The guy, he's like yes. from Peru. He lives there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the one, oh, yeah. And then they had that whole string of jokes where he was like, yo, where'd you get your accent? <laughs> 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 and Bumblebee gets dropped off by the plane transformer. Yeah, why doesn't he fight? He's a big ass transformer. Why is he not fighting? I he I don't know he's old and rickety, but he's fucking huge. He's tired. I know he could literally just like walk around and just like run into someone and it would be over. Uh, but yeah, what were your what do you think of the whole? I know you liked the third act, but did yeah. you think all of that was well executed with the suit and yeah? I think that the momentum is there. Like you said, it's a lot of fun. We get some really fun action with the Optimus Primal ripping heads off and. 
the cheetah and the rhino doing cool shit. Um, the final battle with Optimus and Scourge with, you know, little Noah Mirage. It's, it's just so funny because he's so much smaller than all the Transformers. So he looks like I know. this little kid, like running around trying to help out when we don't like know how much. he's wearing like rollerblades. Yeah, he's like wearing like rollerblades and like <laughs> running around shooting his little gun. Um, you know, I think visually it looks kind of silly to see Noah because you just see Noah's face in like this like robot form. And so I think it looks kind of silly on a VFX standpoint, but you know, it doesn't look terrible. And uh, it's an interesting route to go. We haven't really seen that in a Transformers movie, see a person become essentially become a Transformer, um, which was an, you know, an interesting way to kind of go about this movie. And uh, I think it works really well. I think the final fight with Optimus and Scourge is a lot of fun. I think, the, you know, Optimus finally killing Scourge and saying, like, I'm going to fucking kill you. That was a lot <laughs> of fun. Um, and, uh, you know, it it, le- it ends on a, on a high note in terms of that final battle, I think. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say it definitely ends on a high. I think that definitely helped with the audience reception. My my audience loved it. I don't know about you, but people were like taking pictures with the standee after wearing like Transformers shirts and stuff. I didn't really know if there was hype for the movie. Oh, but on the flip side, I've heard people went opening night and they were the only one in the theater. Yeah. So, we'll talk knows? about that in a second, maybe about the box okay. office and what we think is going to happen. But uh, to kind of rewind... Final battle happens. We both like it. Ends on a high note. We then transition to kind of the crazy reveal this movie has, which is maybe the most exciting part of this conversation. Anthony Ramos is trying to find another job because he saved the world. And uh, guess what? Still can't find a job. Need to pay for his brother's (laughs) medical expenses. He goes for an interview. Some white guy's like, oh, I know everything about you. Um, He says, I need your help to protect the world, basically. Uh, I need you to be part of this elite strike force. And he hands him a card, and the card is for G.I. Joe. That is the big reveal. Anthony Ramos is being recruited by G.I. Joe. I wrote on the outline for our episode today, I wrote down G.I. Joe times Transformers. Mid plus mid equals greatness. (laughs) I thought that was so funny. (laughs) Don't bash the gi joe transformers crossover joe i'm excited for the gi joe epic. crossover that's my ultimate statement i want to leave off with is that I, i'm actually excited to see what gi joe times transformers would look like but the gi joe movies were mid or worse the last couple of transformers movies have been in the mid realm what's the future like what are, what are we looking at here sydney I know. I am excited. I'm also wondering if it's like 10 years too late to be doing all this. And it is odd that there's been this whole established Transformers universe. There's been this whole G.I. Joe thing. So is it going to be weird to start all over again? And isn't even going to be any good? I don't know. With the state that most franchises are in right now, I don't know if I even trust that they're going to be super exciting or good even though i like anthony ramos i think it's exciting that they're teasing it and people are even saying maybe like power rangers will come into the mix like they could do any hasbro get like transformers x furby going (laughs) (laughs) i did not know about the power rangers rumor but i think you make a really good point on several fronts one are we 10 years too late or is this the perfect time 
I mean, the G.I. Joe movies, as <laughs> mid as they were, they did make money. The not the the last one was Rise of Snake Eyes with Henry Golding. That mo- the movie was uh, ass and didn't do Why well. Why did you say Rise of Snake Eyes? Is that not his name? Is that <laughs> no? It's just Snake Eyes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is everything Rise now? <laughs> Evil Dead Rise. Everything is rising. Rise of Oppenheimer. <laughs> <laughs> um, let Oppenheimer come. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, justice for Snake Eyes. I did not think. Maybe I just love Henry Golding. I love Henry Golding too. So I was yeah. a little disappointed uh, about that yeah. one. But even if they were mid, uh, the prior two GI Joe movies with The Rock and Giant Tatum, I think they made some good money. So we're either ten years too late, where we're past that phase of movies that 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 franchise is stuck in the two thousand tens, and that's where it belongs, or enough time has passed where maybe we can revamp and reboot G.I. Joe, but not with The Rock and not with Channing Tatum and with just a new cast with Anthony Ramos with a bunch of young, young actors. I don't know. It's really, really hard to to, to say. I don't know where the excitement's at. Like, if you told somebody on the street, are you excited for a new G.I. Joe movie? Do you think people would be excited? <laughs> not really. And I have seen mixed things about the ending and the introduction of G.I. Joe. A lot of people are just like, that's so random. Like, who cares? A lot of people are exciting because they played with the toys growing up and stuff like that. I just, it seems so easy for these franchises to just get good writers and good directors, but they just don't. Like, if you put a G.I. Joe movie, give it to Christopher McQuarrie and get, like, a good action. You know, it's like... Fuck it. Like, just get someone who you know can write a good script. That's, I think that's the most important thing. Then it's the, you know, the cherry on top to get a good director. I just don't think they'll do it. It's just about being cheap, capitalizing on like this toy brand because you know people are going to see it. But maybe we're seeing the end of that, at least with this franchise, because I don't think this is going to get anywhere even close to a billion. Oh my God, no, no, no. And that's a perfect segue to what this movie will do. I mean, I think it's tracking to do, uh, what did I see it was tracking? 444.68 is its tracking opening weekend. Whoa. Which is really low. Abysmal. Abysmal low. I don't see this movie breaking 300, if I'm being completely honest. Wow. I do um, have heard, I have heard that the tracking for a lot of big blockbusters this year has been off okay. by a little bit, but still, it's not like it's going to be that much more than the prediction. And yeah, I don't know. I just think it wasn't quite, especially with what it's stacked up against this summer, I don't think it's it's going to make any waves. It, w- it just wasn't good enough. No, it wasn't good enough. It, there was not enough word of mouth for this movie to people to go, oh, I it's supposed to be amazing. Maybe I will go watch it. It's not that kind of movie. I, I mean, more people are probably going to try to watch Across the Spider-Verse this weekend than watch Transformers. I mean, I exactly. think Transformers will make a little bit more money than Across Spider-Verse, but I mean, we're entering the second week of Across Spider-Verse. And the next week we're hitting Elemental and The Flash. Transformers is about to like crash and burn if I, if I have any guess. I totally agree. I mean, The Flash alone, I think a lot of people are going to see. I don't think Ezra Miller is going to be enough of a deterrent for that yeah. to really take that big of a hit and then indiana jones i think will maybe i know it came to weak reception out of can but i think it'll be 
better than this. I think it'll be better than Rise of the Beasts. And I think that Indiana Jones is more of a four quadrant franchise. I think people like that franchise more or there's just a there's a more diverse audience for that. Oh, big time. I mean, that, that will at least attract older and younger audiences. And I think even that's tracking to be a little bit low, but it's going to do better than Transformers. Yeah. Rise of the Beasts is in some serious trouble, which then brings to light or brings up a question. Is it even worth doing a G.I. Joe times Transformers movie? If this movie can't even break, let's say it breaks 300 at the minimum is it even worth making a transformers times gi joe movie at that point like if you can't even break 500 out of like the last how many michael bay movies have made a billion like three of them two two of them i mean that's pretty significant though to go from a pretty big drop off from making billions in or like high 500 600 millions to making barely 300 maybe not even that is it worth it to make a gi joe franchise and cross it over they may have had their day, and that's a totally valid question. I mean, that's something that happens where they tease something. There's just not enough interest, and so they just never do it. I would not be surprised if this is one of those examples of, yeah, we're going to tease this really cool future, and then nothing happens because it doesn't make enough money. I would be bummed, but at the same time, I, I again, don't really trust them to make them that good. Yeah. So... Maybe it's yeah, not that I, much of a loss. Looking at an article, it says Rise of the Beast currently has an edge over Spidey this weekend. But like, you don't want to just have an edge over a movie that's a week old. You want to be like yeah. crushing it. Yeah, well, I guess it's we'll have be to tough. Sad. Wait and see. All right. Well, Sad. that's our conversation on Rise of the Beast. Um, <laughs> would you give it out of five? And would you recommend it? I gave it a three out of five. I. It's not, you know, it's not a glowing recommendation. I think if you're into the franchise and you're a Transformers fan, you'll like it and you can have some fun. I don't think it's a theater must-see, but I'm not preying on its downfall, you know? Yeah, I completely echo that sentiment almost word for word. If you're a big fan of the franchise, you'll likely find some enjoyment. If you're not a fan of the franchise... um, Go see Across the Spider-Verse, and go, that's pretty good. <laughs> but I don't, I'm not praying for its downfall. I hope it recoups at least its budget. But do you know what its budget for this movie was? $200 million. It's a fucking Did you think it, it felt like that? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> Me at either. At least the Bay movies, they feel like they're, they're, they cost they like $200, They feel like they cost a, a billion buku bucks. <laughs> 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 fucking like... 10 unicrons man like it feels like they cost a lot of money but this movie doesn't look like it's 200 million dollars it's probably closer to 250 after marketing and it, if it doesn't i mean it's i think it's going to be one of the bigger flops this summer if i'm being completely honest it is it, it is a mid-summer blockbuster in a in a very exciting year of blockbusters yeah it's i just... saw a funny tweet about the release date of some recent movies on how like some people are like a lot of these movies maybe could do better if they just had better release dates. Like the boogeyman is a movie. Whoever signed up to say, let's have it released on June 2nd is an idiot (laughs) because it probably made like no money. And it's a horror movie. Like why not put it in October? But if you're gonna put it in summer, why would you compete with across spider verse? 
I know. And I was thinking that with this movie too, I think Bumblebee came out in October or November when it's like a slower, I think Bumblebee was better than this movie. But yeah, it's just a slower time. And I I don't know what they, what information they're privy to when they pick the release dates for these films, but you got to know, I mean, you're going into the summer. Yeah. I mean, you got to have faith in your movie if you want it to stack up. I would hope they are using the most up-to-date technology and they're choosing the best date financially, but it feels just like on a surface level, like you're smashed between Across the Spider-Verse and then like two huge movies on the next week and then Indiana Jones in the month, like you're just asking to get pummeled. I have a random question for you. What? Would you rather rewatch Rise of the Beasts or... Um, the worst Bay movie. I'd rather watch the worst Bay movie, if being honest. Me too. And that's the, I think that's such a fascinating question that's come out of this. Like, is there more value in something that is very safe and is like an okay watch or something that is uniquely bad, but has like a really strong creative vision? I'm usually always for the risk taker at least a movie that's gonna try to do something a little bit different even if it's not my jam or something i don't really vibe with at least they're trying something that's uniquely different and has a like you said a strong creative vision there's a lot more it's a lot more fun watching it there's you can tell there's more heart built into it when you get something that's a lot safer a lot more studio safe like we just kind of checked all the boxes to make a movie and are going to deliver that to you it's not really fun to watch. And it's like one of my bigger complaints was was uh, with the Boogeyman, which we both saw as well. Like I would have rather see Rob Savage take a like a fucking chance and give me something to chew on rather than just check off the box off for like this summer horror movie. I, I totally would agree. much prefer that. Yeah, that's a shame. It is. There's just so much more to discuss when risks are being taken for better exactly. or for worse. And people, people are going to remember the Bay films you know, good or bad. And I don't think, I don't think this movie is going to really pass that test. No, like I, we don't even remember the villains names besides Scourge. You know? I, know. <laughs> I fucking called them Danimals before I called them Maximals. So like <laughs> Air Razor, che- Cheetara, we don't know them. Like it just, che- it's a shame. <laughs> Cheeto. <laughs> Cheeto. Flamin' Hot. <laughs> Flamin' Hot. Do you think this movie will have more of an impact on us or Flamin' Hot? This movie, probably. Oh, okay. I haven't seen Flamin' Hot yet, but I know you said it was mid as well. It was mid, the mid-off <laughs> yeah. of, of the century. Amazing. All right, let's transition to the second half of this podcast. We're going to do our tier list. We've done it a few times, but this is a little bit different. We're predicting the summer movies and where they will land on our tier list. So we're going to go over like 15 movies. None of them come out yet. And we're just going to guess, will Oppenheimer be A tier, B tier, S tier? We're going to put them on a tier list, and then that way we can kind of check them off as the movies come out. Were we right? Were we wrong? Were we close? Were we not? Kind of get a vibe for what the summer is like. Are you ready? I'm ready, and I'm actually so excited for this. We have a lot of good movies here. So here are the movies we're going to go over. Oppenheimer, Barbie, Dead Reckoning, Insidious, The Red Door, Joyride, Bird Box, Barcelona. (laughs) Uh, wow. Do you like the first Bird Box? No. Who does? <laughs> that was such it's a weird uniquely era. different, though. 
Hey, honestly, credit where it's due. (laughs) Um, Sympathy for the Devil, which I had no idea what that was until about five minutes ago. Uh, Haunted Mansion, Talk to Me, TMNT, Mutant Mayhem, The Meg 2, Problemista, The Last Voyage of Demeter, Gran Turismo, Blue Beetle, Strays, and Bottoms. Are we ready? I'm ready. And and be protective of the S tier, Joe. What does that mean? What are you, what are you implying just here? Just don't be throwing anything in the S tier. <laughs> are you implying I'm more generous than you are in terms of my ratings? Sometimes. I am. I, I know I am. <laughs> Every time I watch a movie and Sydney watches a movie, I'll text her. I'm like, hey... What do you think of it? And then we'll talk about it. And then I ask, what do you think about score wise? And every time it's like, oh, three or three and a half. I know it's going to be a three. But if it's me, I'm like three or three and a half. I know it's going to be a three and a half. It's going to be three and a half. You even went up with Rise of the Beasts, I think. I know. I was thinking two and a half. And then I was like, oh, maybe it's more fun than I give credit. Well, opinions change as time passes. And I say this, I'm about to put the Meg 2 in like A tier. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, man, maybe it is A tier. We'll find out in a second. Maybe. All right, Oppenheimer. Dude, I don't know, man. I'm feeling like it's going to be an S. Are you? So, I don't know. I I don't want to be too ambitious with it, but we can go S. But Barbie also has to go in S. I might think more A, but I'm not someone who is always super into, like, Christopher Nolan. Well, I am always into Christopher Nolan movies, but there aren't that many of them that I'm like, this is one of the best movies of all time, I guess. But if Oppenheimer goes in S, then Barbie has to join it. Let me back up on the Nolan comment. How did you feel about Tenet? I liked Tenet. Where would you put it on a tier list if you were to put it on a tier list? Ooh, in the tier list? I think I gave it four out of five stars. I think it's actually aged really well. I think it's a movie that during the pandemic, people had high expectations for. So those expectations for a lot of people weren't met. It was confusing. But I think it's a movie that ages really well on multiple watches. I completely agree with you. Like I would, if I was in a mood, I'd put it in A tier. I would, I would too. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm feeling really confident about it. I, every time I see a trailer for Oppenheimer, I think, mm, am I excited? And then the trailer ends. I'm like, oh, shit, I am excited. You know, all the comments coming out that Nolan says, like, you're going to feel the fucking nuke in your seat. Like, okay, okay. (laughs) Going to feel the radiation. I, to this day, don't know what it means that he used practical effects to do it. (laughs) I'm like, what do you mean? (laughs) Probably some fucking island in the middle of nowhere that has, like, mutated (laughs) fucking animals and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. Um. Okay, if we put Oppenheimer in S, do we put we put Barbie in S? Is that what you said? Of course. Yeah. Why do you think Barbie is going to be an S though? I think that I think that Oppenheimer is going to be really good because it's going to be very tense. Yeah. And and well executed. I think Barbie is going to be good because it's going to be a really new exploration of yeah. certain themes, and it's going to and the production. I can already see the Oscars for like production design, costumes, stuff like that. Yeah. Do you agree? You must. You are also so hyped for Barbie. Yeah. You know, Barbie is one of those movies that, like, I think it's going to actually surprise a lot of people. I think a lot of people are going to go into it thinking they know what to expect. But I feel like it's going to blow all of us away in terms of what's actually going to deliver. I think it's going to be kind of a big deal. And I'm really excited to experience it. 
Yeah, I just was talking to some of my friends about it who who don't always, you know, keep up with film stuff. And I mentioned that it was going to be exploring, like, the patriarchy. And they were like, what? Like, they actually thought it was literally just going to be, like, a movie about, like... Barbie. What, what, you, what you would think was, yeah, like a Barbie movie. Yeah. I think that's an interesting part is that a lot of people who don't pay attention to movies maybe every day like us may assume, oh, it's, you know, like Transformers just taking like Transformers. the toy and giving us this mid-story. But we know Greta Gerwig, and she's made two fantastic films already. I I think Barbie is going to be, I mean, say the biggest surprise of summer sounds dumb because we're all kind of have high expectations for it. I just think it's not going to be anything we expect, and but in a good way, in a really good way. Totally agree. All right. Dead Reckoning? Oh, boy. Let me ask you this. If you put Fallout on this tier list, where would you put it? S. S, right? Yeah. Same for you me. would too. Oh, based. in a heartbeat. <laughs> Fallout. <laughs> but- to me, Fallout, John Wick 4, and Mad Max Fury Road are the three best action movies in the last 23 years. I think you might be right. And Dead Reckoning, I don't know. This is the the Macquarie Cruise team up. You really can't go wrong. I tr- I would trust them with my life, but will it be S tier? Will it be, especially in the action genre? Is it going to change the game? Will is it, it be better be than perfect? Fallout? I don't. It's it's tough to to beat, but honestly, I might be generous and say S tier. Do you think it being a part one will hurt it? That's been a big conversation lately with Spider Verse, yeah. with Dune. Dune, yeah, yeah. It, we're gonna have to see because some people have not been satisfied with, um, especially with Spider Verse, that it ended like literally right in the middle of a scene. I think you made this point, did you, in our podcast about it, where like yeah. Dune kind of concluded one chapter. Yeah. So we'll have to see how they ended. I guess. It's gonna what be. What are you thinking? Oh man, it's tough. It's really tough. Fallout is so good. It's hard to imagine a movie being better than Fallout. I know. But if it's any going to be anybody who does it, it's going to be Macquarie and Cruz. And the trailers, I think, have done a very good job. I watched the most recent one yesterday. Not willingly. I was at the movie theaters watching Spider-Verse <laughs> again. And I watched it. And it does a good job not giving too much away, I think, in terms of its huge set pieces, mm-hmm. which I think is very important. We've seen the motorcycle jump off the cliff. But I, I have this gut feeling... There's probably something else that we're that we're going to experience, and it's going to be like, whoa! I can't believe they did that. Will it be better than Fallout? I don't know. I don't know. I I think I'm in agreement with you though, that if it's going to be anybody, it's going to be them, and it's very possible it is Nest here. Do we want to just go for it and say S, or do we want to do A and be willing to be pleasantly surprised? I'm saying we go for it and go S. Okay, because also I don't think there are any other films on this list that I would put in S. So they, Whoa, those what are about the Blue three... Beetle? <sighs> Look, I'm <laughs> the first blue. Like I'm the first person to say I'm a Blue Beetle stan. But let's be real. Um, I want to ask you a kind of a unrelated but very related question. <laughs> okay, it's gonna take some soul searching, maybe. It might take a little bit of a physical and mental toll off you, a spiritual toll. <laughs> Oh, God. Do you think Dead Reckoning will be better than John Wick 4? <gasps> don't do this. I wasn't prepared. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I did make a tweet pitting them against each other. I think I was very much, it was like right after John Wick 4. 
And I said, like, when are we going to admit that jo- that uh, Keanu Reeves is better at this than Tom Cruise? <laughs> Just oh, to shit. stir the pot. <laughs> Oof. They're different. They're different. They're so different. But Why? in the grand scheme no of things, they, we can pour <laughs> no los dos them. They are different in terms of their action, right? We got gung fu or gun fu and, you know, these big action set pieces are very different in terms of like the specifics of their action. But in the grand mm-hmm. scheme of things, they are both action. Do you think you'll like one more than the other? I think I'm a John Wick girly because of the fantastical aspects. Yeah. It's not you know, overtly fantastical, but it's it's way more out there where I think Dead Reckoning is very focused on being really realistic. Grounded, yeah. And brutal and grounded. I think I'll be a John Wick girly, but I'm open to having my mind changed. What about you? I I am a John Wick girly as well. I, I, I can't <laughs> really imagine. It's hard to, you know, to be in this position, to be honest. Like, it's a kind of like this... Uh, this burden. I feel like Batman, but not like Batman. Like... <laughs> You're really braver than the Marines, Joe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Balancing this. <laughs> I just feel like I love John Wick 4 so, so, so much. It's really difficult to sit here and imagine any movie giving me that emotional high that John Wick did. I'm yeah. willing to have my mind changed, and I am gladly will experience something that will, but... I think that the action is just so different. I tend to lean towards the John Wick world a lot more. I don't think Dead Reckoning will surpass it for me, but I think there's very a good possibility for it to be very, very good and and as good as Fallout, maybe better than Fallout. But I don't know. I'm not going to see Donnie Yen like punch somebody thirty times in the chest and like do like this like cartoon uppercut and, and punch somebody. You know, exactly. I'm not going to see doorbells being thrown onto the side of the wall and like someone walking by and him getting shot i'm not gonna see that this is not gonna happen it is so fun it's almost campy and yeah yeah i don't think it'll surpass it for me either but i will say i am pretty much as excited for dead reckoning as i am for oppenheimer and barbie i i'd almost say my order of excitement is barbie dead reckoning oppenheimer mine goes dead reckoning barbie oppenheimer if i'm being honest whoa yeah not by much. We're talking like fractions <laughs> of like excitement, but yeah, Dead Reckoning. I am very excited for Dead Reckoning. I mean, Fallout is just so, so good. Okay. So we'll do S tier. Okay. All right. That's the last time we'll see the S tier probably. So uh, we'll <laughs> move on. Insidious, the Red Door. A direct sequel to Insidious 2, by the way. They're, I don't know if they're retconning 3 and 4, but they're going directly oh. from 2 to this movie. Okay. I didn't what know do you that. Think? So my opinion is that I'm very excited for Patrick Wilson's directorial debut, um, Scream Queen, Scream King, Scream yeah. Daddy. Scream Daddy. I love the Insidious franchise. It is James Wan adjacent at this point, which I know we both love. Yeah. And, but I still think maybe I'll put it in B. Okay. I'm excited for Patrick Wilson to make his directorial debut. I love him as a horror icon. I do think it's good to make it a direct sequel to 2. And from the trailers that I've seen, they're bringing back kind of the iconic Darth Maul demon that we all kind of learned to love from the first (laughs) one. I think that's an A-plus move. Um, I'm nervous because, you know, studio movies like these tend to be a little bit more on the safe side. But I'm hopeful. I think B is the proper tier for it right now okay 
Okay, and Cesar Red Door goes B tier. That moves us to Joyride, the raunchy comedy with um, Stephanie Hsu in it. I've actually seen it, so I can I can probably accurately place it. But what do you think it would be? You have. I mean, for this, with my very limited knowledge about it, like it's even been a long time since I've seen the trailer, I'd maybe say B. Yeah, that's where I would okay. put it, and I've seen it. So. Okay, but I, you you liked it, right? I did. I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, you've seen No Hard Feelings, which you can't talk about because you've signed an NDA and yeah. I don't want you to get like shot in your chair right now. <laughs> we're talking. Oh yeah, shot as I talk about it a week before it releases. <laughs> <laughs> when does the NDA expire? Can you talk about it now? Because this will release on. I didn't even look, but I my assumption is that once press starts to see it, you do. Are you? Didn't you say you got an invite? I did, but it was like a special, like weird screening. It wasn't a press invite though, so I don't know when the press oh. are going to be seeing it. Yeah, okay. so I'm going to keep an eye out for that to talk about it. But I'm putting Joyride in the B side. I mean, it's nice to get a fun raunchy comedy, and it's very raunchy. I mean, like it's very provocative and vulgar, and that's I mean, it's a lot of fun. It, they kind of run away with it, and it's also a like a very emotional story of like learning where your parents are from and being an adopted daughter and finding your identity. And I think it does a good job with all of that. So I think a lot of people are going to have fun with it. It's a good time. So I think B tier is very fine for it. Cool. I'm excited to see more of Stephanie Shu also. Yeah. And she's very good in it. Everybody's good in it. There's really no real complaints. It does feel like a very solid, like just be uh, raunchy comedy. That's all it is. Cool. So, all right. Bird Box Barcelona. (laughs) Fucking bird box. Something's uh, got to go in F tier. Diego Calva is going to be in it. Does that put it up a tier or a notch? That does spark joy in me. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> like Maria Kondo that, well, right I, now? I, I, what? Oh. <laughs> Marie Kondo yes, sparks, sparks joy. joy. <laughs> <laughs> I guess like it's just a spinoff, right? Of the yeah. original bird box. Who, who knows, dude? Do I we think know who's even directing of, it? No. Let's see. Bird bark bird barks. <laughs> bird box. Bark box Barcelona. <laughs> bark. Um directed. Uh, oh, there's not even like an overview. Oh, here it is. Bird David box. Pastor and Alex Pastor? Pastor? No, no idea. The film was a spin-off of the twenty eighteen. It was only twenty eighteen. Feels so much longer than that. I know. I felt like that was a COVID movie. It, yeah, maybe because we felt locked in watching that. <laughs> in the bird box. Bird yeah, box. Yeah, I don't know. Georgina Campbell. I do like Georgina maybe, Campbell. I do too from Barbarian. D? Want to do D? Maybe the, huh. maybe they've learned. Yeah, let's do D. Maybe they do They do learn from the first bird box. And okay. Then, I don't know. Good ask we'll Okay, Optimist. bird box, Barcelona. D. Okay. Uh, Sympathy for the Devil. I don't know anything about this movie. Tell us what it's about so we can put it somewhere. So I know Joe, I put this on the list. Joe was like, oh, I don't think we need to include this. This is a Nick Cage movie that I also did not know about until a couple hours ago when I was like looking up uh, the summer movies. Nick Cage movie with um, Joel Kinnaman also, who I think most people know is the the lead of the RoboCop remake. The Suicide the Squad, dude. Oh, my God, he is. Yeah. Rick I Flag. just watched the RoboCop remake, so that was, like, fresh in my mind. That movie's booty. It's not very good. I thought it was okay. 
that part where he's just his floating head as they like take his body part was so unnecessarily disturbing. I do not like that part. What do you mean unnecessary, Joe? What's happened to you? I just feel I like was, I was not was expecting awesome. the amount of body horror in that movie. I was like, "Whoa, this is creeping me out." <laughs> uh, the action's just bad. In that movie. I feel like it could have been so cool. It was a little. It was. It felt like an unnecessary remake. You know what line I think about from that movie a lot? What? It's the speech Sam Jackson gives in the beginning. And he goes, why is America so robophobic? (laughs) (laughs) He was really good. I loved him in that movie. You know, the writers wrote robophobic. I was like, oh, my God, we need to put that in the movie. That has to be in. It was satire. I was like, Jesus, am I watching like fucking Tucker Carlson talk about (laughs) M&Ms right now? (laughs) Why does the M&M have high heels on? (laughs) Why is that an issue? Why do they get rid of it? this and more because that's what we do. (laughs) I'm not attracted to the M&M, but maybe I could be if she had the high heels on. Oh, my God. (laughs) Anyways, sympathy for the the devil. (laughs) Nick Cage, Joel Kinnaman, Kinnaman. the synopsis is forced to drive a mysterious passenger at gunpoint. A man finds himself in a high stakes game of cat and mouse where nothing is as it seems. Heat dupe? Collateral dupe? (laughs) Something collateral? (laughs) It is kind of giving like Michael Mann knockoff vibes, but I watched the trailer and Nick Cage seems like especially unhinged. So that particularly... That does intrigue me, but also it looked kind of like it, it's going to be bad. Interesting. It is labeled as a psychological horror movie, which is also it's interesting. So psychological. It's interesting. Okay. All right. So we're thinking we'll see. D? I'm thinking, honestly, maybe D. It was kind of giving D vibes. Okay. Maybe we'll be surprised. What are the odds they play Sympathy for the Devil by Guns N' Roses in the movie Sympathy for the Devil? They're extraordinarily high. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Want to make a bet? Um, no, because we both think it'll happen. Yeah, we both think. <laughs> uh, Haunted Mansion. I feel good about this movie. I am too. I, I uh, feel like there's hype for this movie. I am. I don't know. They've done a good job with the trailers. That Lakeith Stanfield is just fantastic always. I'm thinking B at least. I honestly, I'm trying to look at this list. Yeah. Let's say B, because I think it is still, is this like a Disney Plus situation? No, I don't think it's coming on Disney Plus. I think it's only theaters. Um. Well, but what about, like, is it like a Disney production? It is a Disney yes. production, yes. So maybe, well, you know, they're capable of good things. And I think the cat, well, Ryan Gosling. He's in it? Why am I seeing... Jared Leto, like Keith Stanfield, Tiffany Haddish, Owen Wilson, Ryan Gosling, Jamie Lee Curtis, Danny DeVito. Ryan Gosling's in this movie? Do we just get spoilers? Because Winona we Ryder. It? What? Uh, maybe. Interesting. Dan Levy. Well, we'll have Minhaj. to come back. We'll, we'll watch it and find out, I guess. But I, I still think with B with a cast and like the premise, it looks like a lot of fun. I think B. I would even do A, but I think being realistic... Uh, I think A is, is the next movie. I think I'm going to put the next movie in A. Okay. I So we have A24's Talk to Me, kind of the um, the signature A24 horror movie of the summer. I don't know. I saw the trailer again for this movie. It looks fucking dope. I'm so excited. It does look really good, but I don't know if I actually agree with you. W- what are you thinking then? B? 
I would think B. A is high. And what are what are some A24 horror films? Okay, so we're talking Hereditary, obviously. Oh, that's, that's a big right. one. Midsummer is another one. Midsummer. The Witch, which I know you're not a big fan of, but I, I like that no, a lot. No, I like The Witch. Oh, okay. Actually, okay. it's probably one of my more, the ones that I like more. Interesting. Okay. We have, um, those are the, Men. the big ones. Men was a kind of a big miss last year. Okay. This is jogging year. my memory. But but I don't know. We can do, we no, just totally put it in A. Okay. I think I'm just a little more skeptical than you. But I okay. do think it'll be good. This will be really interesting to revisit once these movies come out, to be honest. This okay. this tier list, I know. I hope. List, do you yeah. think we'll do a talk to me episode? Oh, a hundred percent. We have to. Okay. I think it's going to be a big yeah, enough movie of the summer. Like it's going to be the signature indie. Indie. I put indie in quotes. But the signature indie horror movie of the summer. People are going to be really excited about this. I mean, it did really well at Sundance. I think people are excited about this movie. Yeah. Okay. It will be a moment. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. <laughs> what are we thinking? Is this a sequel to the other like live action one? With the Michael Bay ones? He did a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle? Well, I think he produced both the live action ones with Megan Fox. Oh. Are, is this connected to those? I don't believe so. I think this is like a full like new thing now. I think we're getting like the into the Spider-Verse of Ninja Turtles. Okay, because I'm not clued into the Ninja Turtle uh, world. Cinematic universe. universe. Yeah. Well, how do you feel? How do you feel about this? I'm I excited. I, I think a lot of people it. are like you. I think you kind of giggled when I said the Into the Spider Verse of Ninja <laughs> Turtles, but a lot of people are kind of comparing it to that. You know, not only because visually and the art style is very similar, but it does feel like they're kind of revamping the Ninja Turtles to start its own little franchise like into the spider-verse did um they did a really good job with the cast and they cast young kids like young teenagers to play the ninja turtles so i know a lot of people are really oh. excited about so i think the hype is here for this movie like people are pumped for this and I, I don't know if i'm like super into the ninja turtles but i'm willing to to dive into that um it looks like a like at least a b-tier movie to me Okay, I do like that it's animated. I think that um, it has a lot more potential that way. Yeah. And digging the cast, I, sure, let's do B tier if that's you All seem right. more more clued into it th- than me. Yeah, I think so. I think it might surprise a lot of people as well. I think it could be one of those movies that, like, the first weekend it does really well, uh, critics wise and uh, maybe money wise, and then word of mouth kind of picks it up. Okay, so. I know. Now that the Spider Verse vibe is going, I feel like TMNT. Like, obviously, it it kind of it has like more of a comic book vibe than like a like a Pixar movie. Yeah. So I think that'll yeah. be interesting. Okay, All right. here. The Meg Two, the Trench. Put it in what C, it? baby. You think C? <laughs> you don't think it's gonna be at least a fun B movie creature feature? Well, B is high. Like the the first movie, I love the first. I love Meg. I it's a good that's time. I think a three out of five star movie for me, which is kind of like C. Yeah, and we're but we're getting They're, more now, even bigger sharks, even bigger Meg, more Jason Statham. Yeah, I think C is appropriate. It's they're fun trash. Okay, I I don't disagree with that. I have high hopes for it to be 
super fun. And I'm like so down. I'm so excited to just go into the movie theater and watch sharks just eat other people and other fucking creatures and shit. Do you think they'll put it in IMAX? Uh, it depends on the date. So like when is the Meg 2 coming out in comparison to like everything else? You know, if the Meg comes out in August, which it does, there are not a lot of August movies that demand IMAX. Like I don't think There's you not. need to watch fucking – well, maybe Blue Beetle will, will want to take over, but I don't think so. I think it could be an IMAX. You're right. It could. This list is in chronological order oh. pretty much. So Then, yeah, I think it, there's a very high chance it will be. That'll be fun. Huh. Okay. Uh, Problemista. I'm surprised you put this on here, but I'm glad you did. A24 movie that looks like this like kind of weird, trippy, sci-fi, coming-of-age story about a kid trying to get uh like a visa to stay a green card to stay in america right yes his it says uh as time on his work visa runs out a job assisting an art world outcast becomes his only hope to stay in the country and realize his dream i watched the i was not um aware of this but someone posted about it i watched the trailer i think it looks so good it looks good yeah i mean i've heard good things so far i think i think some people have seen it already at like festivals has getting a good reception. It has like the vibe an A24 movie would have. Uh, looks Tilda Swinton looks fun in it. I don't know. It looks good. I don't think it's going to be like the secret summer hit, but I think a lot of people will enjoy it. Okay, I think we're I think we're we're swapped on Talk to Me and Problemista because I would put this in A tier. Whoa, let's put it in A tier anyways, and we'll, we'll throw it there and kind of revisit it. Those two movies. A for A24. There we go. Apparently. The Last Voyage of Demeter. Demeter? I never know how to say it. I always say it wrong. I thought it was Demeter, but I also... It is Demeter. It is. I, just, I don't know. I don't know. I'm a, I always forget. Uh, <laughs> this movie is English like a horror major? movie. <laughs> I was. Yeah, I don't know, man. Um, <laughs> a movie about Dracula who's on a ship with some people. What do you think? <laughs> That's it. That's the <laughs> yeah. um, what does it say? Dracula's unholy presence dooms the crew of the merchant ship Demeter as it sails from Carpa- Carpathia to London. Carpathia. Uh, I don't. Carpathia. What would you do for this one? I'm putting it in C tier. It C-tier? could be a D tier movie, dude. Oh my it god! Looks... So you truly think it'll be bad? I mean, I know some people are like, oh, it looks kind of fun and campy. I'm like, uh, we can't be using that word for every movie that does actually bad. It doesn't look good, <laughs> if I'm being honest. I do like the cast, and I am intrigued by the presence, but the the presence, the premise. But maybe you're right. C. All right, we'll keep it in C tier. Okay. All right. Um, Gran Turismo. I've seen this trailer like fucking 30 times. I'm so sick of it. Just because of the theater? <laughs> yes, dude. Every time it's like the same thing, you know. Uh, you throw up on my lawn? I'm like, David Harbour, I love you. But <laughs> if I see this trailer one more time, I'm going to blow my brains out. What do you think? I don't know. I'm thinking C tier, if I'm being honest. But <gasps> Wow. I like Neil Blomkamp, and but he has. When's the last time he made a movie? How long has it been since we got a Neil Blomkamp movie? It has been a while. He had his little trilogy. Let's see, Chappie in 2015, I think. Fucking oh no, Chappie. Raka, some movie called Raka, 2017. Mm, never seen that. Gran Turismo. Yeah, maybe you're right. C tier. It's there's nothing standing out about it to me. They gotta really looks... push the technical aspect on the car drive, like car races. 
if yes. they really go overboard and pull Top Gun Maverick and give us some like really intense racing scenes, then great, B tier. But something tells me they're just going to phone it in. It's going to be just one of those very predictable rise from rags to riches story about uh, this kid. Yeah, I don't know if Neil Blomkamp is that guy. Should they should have gotten James Mangold? Yeah, well, he's too busy making Indiana Jones. So yeah. <laughs> oh, it's based on. Okay, it's a game. Oh yeah, yeah, it's a video game. Grand video Trismo. game adaptation. So, so it's weird. It's weird because it is technically a game adaptation, but it's also not. So Gran Turismo oh. is is probably the most famous racing franchise game in existence. Uh, they make they're like ultra realistic racing games that you play and play online. Blah 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 blah. But what happened in real life was that because they're so ultra realistic that they offered people who are really good at the game a chance to drive the cars in real life. So this this movie is based off that. So it's like meta about it. Yeah. It's a, I mean, it's, like it's kind of meta, but it's also based off a real kid who was good at the game Gran Turismo and then became a real race car driver okay. because he was so oh, good at the game. I didn't know it was a true story. Yeah, yeah, true story, true story. So you, I feel like at the movies, every time I see the like the making of this movie, it's always like they always talk about the actors are talking about making the movie. Do you not see that at the movies? Maybe I'm just seeing it. By I haven't seen that. I have seen the trailer once or twice, but no, I haven't seen that. Yeah, I, so it's C-tier... like a weird like adaptation, sort of not adaptation. Okay, C tier. It's sad because it is. It seems like the kind of movie I would like, but also I think the signs are there. I mean, we could. Hey, we see. could be wrong. We could be we wrong. Could be. We'll see. Uh, p- fucking Blue Beetle. Here we go. Hell yeah! This movie looks bad, dude. I don't want to tell you. It looks bad. B for Blue Beetle. You thinking B? All right, we'll put B. I'm gonna put B for Blue Beetle. Blue Beetle and B, and I'm gonna put Sydney. That way, <laughs> we know you chose it. I truly do not think it will be good, but Sholomita Duena is my celebrity crush and oh, okay, if okay. you're listening to this sholo i'm <laughs> championing your movie <laughs> and i will do it to the end <laughs> there we go there i think it looks bad if i'm being honest i, I, I do like all looks... the actors in it but it looks like a movie that was meant to be on streaming and they they last minute ported it to the theater well but what which if we is exactly get what it is a shazam what if we get a charming family you know, not it's too possible. ambitious. Little. We'll either get a, a Shazam or we're gonna get a Shazam two. <laughs> Inside you, there are two wolves. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's my fear. We're gonna either get Shazam, which would be awesome, or we'll get I Shazam two. If you were to really hold a gun to my head, I'd say C. I'd say it'll probably be C tier. No, but fight your uh, battles. You know, people, yeah, people are excited, and I think that's fun. Like who you and soups? <laughs> People, uh, <laughs> yeah, what of it? <laughs> no, we'll see. Okay, George All right. Lopez. What about Strays? The R-rated com. We're getting three R-rated raunchy comedies this summer: Joyride, okay. No Hard Feelings, and Strays. Strays is giving me like uh, sausage party vibes. Okay, this um, is how I know my sense of humor is broken. I laugh. Every single time I see the trailer. Uh, for Strays? For Strays. It's really embarrassing. Say, I do like the whole real dog thing. I do too. I think it looks good. I don't know, dude. I like dude. Jamie Foxx a lot. 
Will Ferrell usually gets on my nerves, but his comedic timing in this looks, it's so funny. I die well, every time. Where would you put it? I don't know if I vibe with this kind of humor. I know, I know. This is maybe the one I die for. You die for Blue Beetle, I die for Strays. <laughs> you want to put it in B? I'm putting it in B tier. S for Strays. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Oppenheimer, Barbie, Dead Reckoning, You're and Strays. You're putting it in B, Joe. That is deranged. You put There's Blue f- Beetle y- in you wanna, B. Guess what, it, guess what it has on IMDb. Who gives a shit? Movie's not even out yet. <laughs> Who saw it on IMDb, please? are review bombing Strays? <laughs> probably. <laughs> They're probably review bombing Blue Beetle because there were a lot of uh, little incels that are really upset when they called Batman uh, an anarchist or something. That's right. Oh, my. It's like fucking grow up. There are some really upset people out there. <laughs> All right. Last one is Bottoms starring... Uh, the wonderful Rachel Senate, and who is the other actress? She's really popular right now. Oh, she's, she's it's in the not bear. Amendola Stenberg. No, no, no. What's her name? It's it's. Uh, I don't know how to say her name because I think. Let me see. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Ayo. Yeah. Beery. That I'm yeah. probably butchering. That's she's in the bear. She's in the the new Ninja Turtles movies. Oh she's God, in this she's one. She's Sydney in the bear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, she's like adorable. She's kind of living this movie renaissance right now. She has a letterbox profile. She's very funny on there. Um, anyways, what are we thinking for bottoms? I might say B for bottoms, but wow, I'm also thinking a. I'm maybe also thinking A. I'm thinking A. Have you seen Shiva Baby? Yes. Shiva, Shiva Baby great. kicks ass. I think this is going to be as good as that. I think in a different like, way, but it'll be good. This A tier is like so... So, so hip. cool of us. So I know. Hip. <laughs> We're so cool. Talk to me, problemista, bottoms. Like, we watch movies, yeah. We're cinephiles. We're cinephiles. Wow, okay. <laughs> That's everything. We're really, we're, uh, F tier is empty. No, no movies in the F tier. So here's no, what I will current... say. Okay, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, what are you going to say? I was just going to say, like, when I collected this list, obviously, you know, a lot of movies come out. I don't think people realize how many movies just come out and you like don't even know. (laughs) (laughs) And Joe and I will watch some that aren't on this list, but I think the ones that would be in F tier, I just didn't include because they're just not. You can't. You can't include everything. You can't. No, you can't. Can you think of one movie that we didn't include that might be an F tier, like a Um, Netflix release? There, there. Oh, what about uh, like Vacation Friends Two? I don't know what or that is. Or the Resident is. Evil movie. You what never is saw Vacation, Vacation Friends, Friends? Two. So when I first saw it, that there was a Vacation Friends Two, I got kind of excited because I thought about Blockers, and I liked Blockers. Blockers was um, funny. Oh, Vacation va- Friends. It's also John Cena, and it was mid as fuck. I mean, it was like not good. Vacation Friends Two. <laughs> They're making a second yes. one of these. Is it, are they going on vacation again? Wow. Oh, is it on Hulu? Is it direct to Hulu? Is that what it is? Yeah. Wow. So that, I love John and Cena, then, though. Aren't the Resident Evil movies bad, or is that something people are excited for? I think the one you, you put on the list initially is the animated one. They're like, oh. it's not even real life. Okay. Yeah. Death Island. Anyways, all right, here we go. Here's what we have. This is our summer tier list movie prediction. We'll see if we're on point as these movies come out. In the F tier, we have nothing. 
Not even Bird Box Barcelona. <laughs> in the D tier, though, we do have Bird Box Barcelona and Sympathy for the Devil. C tier, The Meg 2, The Last Voyage of Demeter, Gran Turismo. In the B tier, we have Insidious Red Door, Joyride, The Haunted Mansion, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem, Blue Beetle, courtesy of Sydney, and Stray's, courtesy, <laughs> courtesy of me. Courtesy of Joe. <laughs> yeah. In the A tier, we have our most uh, knowledgeable film insights choices here. Uh, this is like the tier that the most insufferable people on the planet tier. Uh, talk to me, <laughs> Problemista, and Bottoms. And in the S tier, we have Oppenheimer, Barbie, and Dead Reckoning. I actually feel really good about this tier list. I do too. I think especially S and A are strong. I think, I think so we're too. Uh, we're gonna see some stuff shift around after that. What do you think the one shift will be the biggest shift here? Ooh, I think maybe something in B will end up being really bad, Ooh. like Insidious or Strays strays or blue beetle (laughs) i don't see any of these like maybe the last voyage of demeter or gran turismo could surprise us do you think there's a world where dead reckoning or oppenheimer or barbie fall down to like the b tier (gasps) yes i do but i don't know which one who which one would it be (laughs) i think if it's gonna be anything it's gonna be oppenheimer i think so too like maybe audiences just won't vibe vibe yeah Ooh, it's possible. I hope that's not the world we live in. I hope not either. But how if... hard would we be winning, Joe, if Oppenheimer, Barbie, and Dead Reckoning are all like amazing? That's going to be a little overwhelming, I feel like, right? That's like a yeah. lot to take in. There are three that, I mean, even killer, stuff like Killers of the Flower Moon have entered the festival sphere, but these three we don't know anything about. Nothing. We're going in so blind, which feels yeah. so strange. To go into July not knowing anything about these movies, but yeah, whew, it's exciting. It's a it what is. a time to be alive in July. <laughs> I'm very excited. All right, perfect. Well, we have reached the end of our podcast, Sydney. Thank you so much for talking about um, all these wonderful movies with me and uh, doing this prediction. Any final thoughts on uh, either? I forgot we talked about Transformers today, but Transformers <laughs> are tier list. You want to say anything else before we end? No, just I think we said our piece about Rise of the Beasts, but as in terms of summer movies, I think July is going to be like a really Kick good ass. time. June already, we're what, not even halfway through June. It's been busy. I don't know if you feel that, but it has been busy, 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 but a lot of fun. I think Yeah, I mean, it feels be awesome. better than it was in May, that's for sure. Like, yeah, we're it, busy, but it's in a good busy at least. It's a good busy. May was like depressing. <laughs> May was depressing. It was not a fun time, but we're, I'm like, we saw, you know, Cross the Spider-Verse, Transformers. We're going to be seeing Elemental and The Flash. And there's still a really some exciting. I'm excited for Indiana Jones. I'm so excited for that. So a lot to look forward to. All right. We've reached the end. I'm going to read off our wonderful patrons because that's the perk they get. If you don't know, we do have a Patreon. Check it out. You can support us on Patreon. You do get access to exclusive episodes on the MCU, on horror movies, on A24 movies. It's a, it's a good time. We get to do game nights if you sign up for that perk. Check it out if you can. But for now, I'm going to read off these wonderful patrons who are in the film enthusiast here and above. 
And here I go. Melissa, Emma, Liam, Dax, Caitlin, Connor, Logan, last name L-O, Misty, Alexis S, DJ, Arky, Nathan D, Joe R, Toby C, Garrett H, Helen K, Addison, Nate C, Malik W, Nick, Regan, Christopher, Renee, Israel, Nia, Yanu, Mason, Brandon, Dez. Whew, I'm not getting used to this. I, every time I think I'm used to this, I'm not. Uh, Jacob, Dakota B, Jacob D, Jacob K. A lot of Jacobs. Uh, Melissa Q, J, Audrey, Logan, last name L-U. Another Jacob, Jack H, Sabrina, Andrea, Spencer, G, Cameron, Bruce, Megan, and Harrison. Thank you all for being in the upper tiers. We greatly appreciate your support. Everybody else who's a, a Patreon and a patron, thank you so much for your support. We still greatly appreciate you. And if you're not a patron at all, we still appreciate you listening. And um, stay tuned for next week. We're going to be talking about The Flash. Is that the plan? The Flash? I think, yeah, for sure, The Flash. Over Elemental? On a, you mean Elemental? i mean well you might have to get i don't know if i'm you know the best person to talk about pixar if i'm being completely honest with you wow are you a pixar hater no i'm not a pixar hater but i feel like you're like so into pixar i'm almost intimidated oh wow okay that's interesting to say i didn't know that uh is it because pixar has uh, made their characters less sexy like the m&ms is that a thing I don't, I don't know. I would, I would assume <laughs> that's a thing. I don't know. The fire girl is pretty sexy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I How do you think Tucker say... Carlson feels about the fire? What? How do you think Tucker Carlson feels about the fire girl? He's he's struggling. <laughs> he's having an identity crisis <laughs> right now. Because he also finds the water boy the hot. <laughs> <laughs> this water boy is attractive, but... <laughs> Am I supposed to be attracted to him? Would I have sex with him? Well, he's made of water, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. What an ending. All right. Well, we talk about The Flash. We'll try to find time to talk about Elemental. Uh, do you want to talk about Extraction, too? I kind of want to. Oh, my- Joe, I love... Are you kidding? I love Extraction. I'm like Extraction fan numero uno. I would love to. Oh, maybe we do like a... Like a streaming roundup where we talk about Flamin' Hot and Extraction Ooh. and like some other streamers. <laughs> they don't deserve to be mentioned in the same sentence. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's a plan. It's a good plan. Oh, I was just going to say again that I, I hadn't connected that we're going to be doing James Wan in July for the House of Horrors podcast. And Insidious, the Red Door is going to be coming out. So I just wanted to say anyone who's into horror, James Wan, who isn't on the patron, we're going to have a super fun convo about Insidious and some other James Wan movies. Excellent point. And I think that's a really good point to mention because July is James Wan month. We're doing an episode on Insidious, an episode on Dead Silence, the movie that people don't really remember about James Wan. But it's I think it's pretty solid from what I remember. Yeah, no, you're like a Dead Silence stan. It, it, I feel like I'm saying like I'm hyping it up, but it might be bad. It's been a long time. Um, and then we're talking about Malignant, your your movie, your boy, Hell Gabriel. Yeah. And then the fourth uh. episode of that month will be a kind of a ranking of James Wan, reading off patrons, letterbox reviews, and things like that. So if you're looking forward to horror at all, you should definitely check out the Patreon because there's a whole series where Sydney and I dedicate 
conversations are horror and it is uh, a very good time hell yeah perfect well anyways thank you so much for everybody listening i've said thank you like three times four times five times <laughs> now uh but we'll see you guys next week talking about the flash hope everybody has a great week and take care goodbye listeners <laughs>